to me, it's like the more people wake up to the fact that the status quo is totally made up and that there are other options on the table that are creative and wise and loving and, you know, have well-being built in, I do think that would be a game changer. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, a podcast of exploration, vulnerability, and curiosity in which I seek to bring more understanding and compassion to the human experience. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I have an episode with my life coach, Julie Shazat. She is a life coach, obviously. Um, We've had conversations on the podcast before in some of my earlier episodes back in 2019. Um, I always feel like she has so much wisdom to share and um, so much, you know, she just, she makes me think about things in a different way and which I really appreciate. And this conversation is no different. Um, We talk, you know, about, we we sort of get into an exploratory conversation about letting go, about how how to create change, um, the role of consciousness in creating change on both a personal level and a more cultural level. If you want to find Julie, you can find her at julianneshazat.com and simpleshift.com. I'll put both of those links in the show notes so that you can follow her and, you know, see what she's up to. She's always up to great stuff. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy the conversation. You know, we're not really like solving anything. We're just kind of asking questions and, you know, posing ideas or, or thoughts or just, you know, curiosities, things that we're thinking about. So yeah, I hope you enjoy the conversation. I hope you learned something or, you know, gets you thinking about something. I feel like oftentimes so much of these conversations is really just to like, I want to just spark, you know, thought. I want to spark conversation. And, and um, so I hope that it does that for you. Enjoy the episode. Okay. So my idea or like the thing that I've been exploring, which I talked about on my last episode, but I feel like there's a lot more here is about like loss and letting go. And so like, I feel like I've been talking to a lot of people lately who are dealing with different, who are dealing with that concept in like different ways. And I think the ways that it seems to be coming up a lot is like ideas of yourself letting goes of go of basically like ideas of like identity, identity concepts, also like relationship identity concepts. So like different relationships are kind of like showing themselves or like showing, yeah, showing themselves to be maybe like different than what people thought or like they're clarifying and that's causing some requirement of like letting go of the idea of the relationship. Wait, say that part again. Like, I'm not sure I understand that part almost like the truth of the relationship is like revealing itself. Like, I feel like a lot of people, like we, we engage in relationships. Like the idea of the relationship versus what it really is. Yeah. Cause I think we like, um, engage in relationships a lot based on our idea of the relationship more than <laughs> what, <laughs> what the relationship actually is. Yeah. Um, and so that's been like coming up, I feel like in like romance and also in family. And so, yeah, I've just kind of been exploring that. And then, you know, all like the Roe v. Wade stuff kind of made me think of it 
and maybe another, like, I think one of the things that I'm like personally dealing with right now is like letting go of something that's like good enough or whatever, like that's not good enough. You know what I mean? Like it was good enough and it's like now, or it's the only thing I have type of thing where it's like, you're like, well, this is all I have. So I don't want to give it up when I don't know that there's something else that's better, but giving it up anyway and kind of like being okay with having nothing instead of having the thing that you don't like. Um, And that kind of was making me think of, obviously that can be like as individual and personal as, you know, I feel like relationship, job, stuff like that. But I feel like potentially also as far as like government structures and, and things like that. And I feel like we're in like a time of I don't know. It's like, yeah, like the the liberal side of the equation, I feel like is kind of split into this, like, let's stick with the structure that we have and try to make it better within the structure. And then let's burn the structure down and build something else entirely, you know? So I don't know, like, there's like interest, like, does that spark anything for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I would say in that vein, what I've been really curious about and have no answers to, so it'd just be us (laughs) exploring yeah is, I love that um, is what does consciousness have to do with voting rights and abortion you know and pro-choice pro-life like what does consciousness have to do with the mess that we're in basically like why are we in such a mess and because like I'll just tell you like the raw part of it for me is like if coaches are here to help people become you know, or experience transformation, then what's on offer in this bigger way when it comes to like the, you know, us as a country, um, to me, I'm not just interested in like individual transformation, but I've always been interested in like how we can be a part of a bigger shift. Yeah. Um, And so, but again, I don't really have answers there. I just have like my brain, my curiosity keeps going there because I feel like there's something that like, I've even wanted to bring like the top coaches together, just people Mm -hmm. who are like very visible in what they do because then people will listen to them and actually talk about what does consciousness have to do with all this stuff and what's our opportunity. Yeah, this is interesting. It's like, I feel like as you're talking about it, I like got, I felt like scared. Because I feel like I'm very individual, like focused. Like I, I really care a lot about the collective and I care a lot about the, so, you know, bigger social impacts and structures and things, but I, it's so far out from like my realm of knowledge and my realm of comfort that I, I like, oh my God, like, I, like even trying to think about that is like scary to me for some reason. But like, I, I know obviously that you are a lot more comfortable with it. And we've had conversations about this stuff before. And I feel like those have been really helpful to me. Um, so I feel like that it would be like an interesting topic to <laughs> explore from like me just being like, oh my God, I really have no idea. Um, and you're just kind of like questioning also. I mean, I feel like, I do feel like you can do that through the letting go though. Like you said, cause I think that's a good, I'm also, I like that topic. Like I have passion about that topic yeah. too. Yeah. And I think the questioning, I mean, this is sort of like the one thing that I feel like I do know is that like, like we don't have the answers fully or else 
we would do them. Like, it seems like, and, and I guess like, as I said that, you know, I was thinking, well, some people actually like might have a lot of really good answers, but like, can't do it just because of the structure of things or like, because of consciousness things within the power majority. Um, but I, I do feel like sitting in question and sitting in like wonder and sitting in like curiosity is a plate. Like, I, I don't think a lot of people do that when it comes to politics and like it, it always feels like people are very quick to answer questions and they, they don't it, I, it's rare that I see people sort of just asking them and like willing to sit in the unknown of it we could do based on what you just said we could do the personal and then if we go there we go there like of letting go and of you know, making space for something new that's unknown when we don't really know what it is, obviously. Like we could talk about that on the personal level. And then if we go macro, we can. Maybe we can expand it. I always, yeah, I feel like lately I've also been kind of like wondering about how, you know, a lot of these like personal things, like do they apply to the collective? And like the way we think about the collective, like does that apply to the individual? Like I've almost started thinking like, I wonder if those things like need to be thought about differently. Because I feel like a lot yeah. love really mean on, at that scale. Wait, what'd you say? And what does love really mean at that scale? That's another thing I've been curious about lately. Like, yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm open to that. If you want to go, Mike. Yeah. Go. Okay, let's do that. And then hold on. What do you think would be the intention for the audience, for the listener? I just it helps me to yeah. know, like, hearing my conversation. I think I would. I guess my intention always is to like be some type of mirror that reflects back like something that someone hasn't seen yet or like I like I want people to like hear a conversation and recognize something in that that like opens them like I think that would be like ideal of like thinking about something in a new way hearing some kind of like truth that like breaks something open mm-hmm. um because I think you know and especially with like this kind of conversation I think um I don't know I I, I feel like I feel like loss this is something I talked about in like my solo episode last week like I think loss and change and like letting go is like at least like 50% of like the human experience and it's like unavoidable but I think we have a lot of resistance to it as like I'll just say like a culture I don't really I guess I can't speak for like other cultures but like I I feel like it's something that we're like extremely uncomfortable with (laughs) that we try to like avoid at all costs but I see it as like yeah something that is literally 50 I'm I'm sort of equating it to breathing when we breathe in and we breathe out and breathing out is like literally half like (laughs) like and we can't there can't be anything new if there if we don't let go so I feel like it's really relevant to everybody and um I think the more like maybe comfortable we can get with it or the maybe if we can like see it in a different way or you know, mm-hmm. I think that would be really helpful, like on an individual level. And, and ho- I mean, it would be cool. Yeah. Like it would be cool if it 
does translate into a more macro level. Again, I feel like I'm, that's like, feels so out of my comfort zone. So I don't even know, but um, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Cool. <laughs> For long, long answers to short questions. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah. I don't know what it like, do you, did you have any thoughts like initially on law? I mean, is that something that you've thought about or that has been coming up with clients or anything like, well, I would say it's my, one of my personal learning curves in general. Yes. I will have a lot to say about it. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> and a lot of unknown for myself, you know? Yeah. Eating candy. <laughs> this is also an ASMR podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, like what, like, is there a certain like realm that you feel like you're experiencing it now or, or is it, I don't know, like, are there, is there an example you want to start with or like what, like what's kind of like on the forefront of your mind in regard to this topic? Um, well, I just had a really hard time with it growing up because I'm not exactly sure why, but I just felt like what I knew was at least manageable. And every time it became unknown, there was so much that mm. could be a threat or um, I was already putting so much energy as a kid into just staying safe and feeling comfortable in my surroundings. And anytime that changed, then it was like a whole slew of new input would come and I'd have to like find my bearings again. So, and then especially with relationships. So I, to me, relationships were the most, uh, what would be the word like tumultuous or, you know, not reliable, not steady, not firm. You know, they were very like one minute this way, another minute this way. It was like hard to predict what was going to come from relationship. And when I started dating, it was just like the end of a relationship was excruciating. And I, really had a lot of low self-concepts. So those would all get triggered at the end. And I would just be in a lot of pain and have to learn to let go to your point. And so it just never looked like a good option for me to let go. Meaning like the unknown was just scarier than trying to hold on. Mm -hmm. That's why I did. I just tried to hold on, tried to keep the relationship intact and that obviously didn't go well because relationships change yeah I mean that makes me think also of like something that's I think is really embedded into this conversation which is like scarcity like the experience like the the experience of scarcity or the concept of scarcity because obviously if we had the consciousness of abundance and we just thought you know with relationships for example oh there's so many people out there I meet people all the time everyone likes me I like everyone there's just infinite possibilities of relationships out there it wouldn't be hard to like let one go that you didn't really like you know yeah and it was always like it was always like this no this is the one like, <laughs> right this, this is the best one <laughs> right I think that's like what I'm experiencing right now actually like with relationships which is like what I think I've done that same thing where I like hold on to things that like aren't that good you know I'm like well look at these crumbs you know it's a cliche in a way but I'm like 
look at these crumbs. <laughs> They're so delicious crumbs, you know? <laughs> and it's like, well, would you rather have like nothing or would you rather have like nothing with the potential of like something better or would you rather have crumbs and, and I don't know, like, I guess there's a world in which you can just like hold on to your crumbs while you're <laughs> looking for something else, but it, it takes energy and it takes focus and it causes like emotional, you know, ups and downs and things. And so it's like, is that worth it? I guess. Well, and I think it has like, you know, if let's say a client is talking to me about this, mm-hmm. right. I'd really want to hear a lot about what it means to them to let go. Why would they let, like, I would be so curious what's in there for them because it's not like there's one answer. Right. But for like, with what you're saying, if someone's holding on because of scarcity, then there'd be something for them to see that would be helpful, healing, you know, hopeful, mm-hmm. um, like would enlarge their perspective rather than confining it or constricting it. And I guess I just point to that because like, I used to think like, oh yeah, if I let go, technically something better is supposed to come along, but that's a really, fu- it's not about it being better. It's to me, it's just more of like, if, if I'm getting the hit that this isn't aligned, or it's not matching, you know, what I'm looking for, then I am free to let it go and to open myself up and to see what else is there. But I find that that idea that there's something better out there can also get tricky and can also put people into Mm. this never ending search for what is Mm. the thing, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, now I'm like, thinking about what, like what, what that is for me um yeah but I guess just like realizing that it's not aligned and I guess like I always think about this like one story that or like you know it's like a metaphor story or whatever where it's like you're holding on to like literally like crumbs or whatever and you're like at a buffet but you're, like say you have crumbs in both hands and you so then you like literally don't have hands to like make a plate for yourself because you're unwilling to like put the crumbs down so like to me there's like almost a physical element to this because just like with our time and our attention like we live in like a finite world like that's just the world that we live in where we do only have two hands like we do only have enough energy for some things like we do only have enough space and enough time for like so much, like we can't really actually hold everything at once. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so there is like, like a a very practical element, I think to, to letting things go that aren't serving us, even Mm -hmm. if we're not sure, like, or not even that like, aren't serving us. Like, I feel like that's in some ways, like a jargony word. Like I want to be, I guess, more clear, um, something that's not like making us feel like alive and happy and like expansive or something that's taking our energy without like giving anything in return something like that yeah it's interesting because again it's like I find that um it's so nuanced for the person you know it's like what what have they built into this over time like Mm -hmm. what have they what concepts do they have you know because I also find that some people um, 
like nothing would wind up looking like it brings them alive. You know what I mean? Like, cause they don't realize that aliveness is coming from within them. So something else we would point to in terms of like what it is they're not seeing about the thing. And ultimately it's like letting go of the limiting concepts we have is I think probably I'm like saying this for the first time, but like the main thing that frees us, you know, Mm -hmm. and has us experience ourselves as more close to who we really are rather than like what we've created ourselves to be or think that we are. Right. And that's, I, this, you, before we got on, we were talking about like, if maybe there was something from being a new mom that was going to come up and here it is. (laughs) So my son was born eight weeks ago today and he had a really stiff neck in the first four weeks. And it was just because in the womb, he was always, you know, probably mostly looking in one direction with his head. And so it's a common thing, I think. And the doctor was like, well, just help him stretch his head to the other side. So every time I'd go on the changing table, I would go to point his head in a different direction. And what was so interesting to me and why I keep bringing it up because it's so relevant to like limiting ideas that we have. Mm -hmm he totally resisted turning his head and he would like start to cry when he would get to a certain position. And then I'd get him to look to the other side and he would snap back almost immediately. And I was like, if this isn't the perfect metaphor for what it's like to go beyond our limiting ideas, I don't know what is. It's like, we get so comfortable looking in a particular direction that it's like, sometimes feels really difficult, even though it's easy. Like that's what stood out to me. It's so easy for him to turn his head, but you know, for the first, I would say five to seven days, he still had like, you know, also tension in his neck that made him do it, but like resistance to it. Cause it was uncomfortable, yeah. you know? Yeah. That also reminds me of that story about the elephant that like, as a baby gets like chained to a fence or whatever. And so it can't, you know, pull away. Um, and it can't be free, but then as the elephant gets bigger, like it actually has enough strength to, you know, break that chain, but it just doesn't because it learned that it couldn't. So it doesn't try anymore. Yep. Yeah. That's so human. (laughs) (laughs) It's so human to just get comfortable with a certain way of seeing things, which is where that impulse to hold on or let go. I think the pattern of it comes from is like, we've gotten comfortable. Like for me, at some point I just became comfortable holding on. I didn't really know why I was doing it. You know what I mean? It was just was my reflex, my reaction. And I knew how to go down that path. And I didn't really know what any other option was besides holding on. Cause I had gotten so used to trying to do that. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like that too. Cause I feel like a lot of times and like, I definitely do this of like trying to figure out like, okay, what is it that's keeping me this way? And, and yeah, it could like literally just be a habit with no real reasoning behind it of like, this is like, just simply like, this is what is comfortable. I mean, this kind of like makes me want to go now, like baby steps into like the macro conversation. Cause I feel like that's so just the comfort and like the way we've always done things (laughs) or whatever, like is so, um, I think a really big part of the problem, you know, what I'm mm-hmm. calling the problem um, in our country. And it's, I think it's also really interesting because 
thinking about like the founding of the country and like it as I'm saying this I'm like I don't maybe this isn't even really true but like the story that we've been told I guess is that it, it is a break free from a break you know away and a break free from something that wasn't working and, and people who were like we don't like this anymore and we're gonna you know go to this new um land and start like our own thing that we like better um and so in in a way I feel like that energy is like inherent in our country's like ethos or something like that's like a drop like a drop like I think that's like an American it's like almost like it was like that energy was like embedded into like American culture of like wanting freedom and wanting to do new things but it's like now we're sort of like in this we've gotten so stuck doing things in a certain way since that time and and obviously there's like a lot of issues and genocide and slavery and all these things that were incorporated into that way of doing things that we've we're still you know have it the repercussions from um so it's like now we're like well we don't like that so we want to change and I think that impulse is like a very American impulse yeah and I think it's also like if we think about how humans work right like with what we're talking about it's like you get used to an idea and then you just think that idea is right or you think that idea is the best idea yeah and if we were to go back to the founding there was wisdom in what they did but there was also limitation mm -hmm. in terms of their own understanding of what freedom was really going to mean, especially mm -hmm. hundreds of years later. Right. Um, and then because they made some crazy choices to not have people be free, even though it was supposed to be about freedom. So it's like, yeah. obviously they didn't see well-being for the collective in a clear way. Um, right. And for now, if we were really going to be a healthier country, to me, it's like we would have to be coming from wisdom around what those things mean versus like an idea that was established a long time ago or even just within our own family. Um, and it makes me think about this. Um, I can never remember what they're called, but there's this like uh, way that you could bring people together to talk about an issue. And the format is basically you bring people from the entire political spectrum to um, almost like a conference, like three days, four days. And then you bring in experts that talk about the topic that that group is there to think about. And the experts range across, you know, different areas of that topic. Um, and they listen to that and they have conversation about that. And the one that I read about was actually, interestingly enough, about abortion rights. And they had people who were pro-choice and pro-life at the same table. And by the end of it, they came to solutions about the law um, from what I remember reading. And what I remember being the most interesting about it was it wasn't a black or white, like they came up with a lot of gray in the law because after hearing from all these different experts, people had a much deeper, better understanding of what humans were experiencing. And they came up with something that seemed to address it. And the political ideology didn't seem to have as much of an impact on that decision as it would have had they not listened and understood each other and the experts and all of that. So yeah, 
it's like when you listen to your point, you did a post a couple of days ago or yesterday about listening and conversation, mm-hmm. which I thought was so brilliant. And it's like, it's so true. It's like, if there isn't any real listening, the wisdom is very hard to access, especially at a collective level. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the black and white thing has like really been hitting me because, you know, we think about abortion or not abortion. And like, when I hear people talking about it, it's such a, like, it does feel very black and white. Like it almost feels like, well, if abortion's not legal, that means the Republicans win. And if abortion is legal, that means the Democrats win. Like it's very, it like makes it actually like not really any sense when it comes to policy <laughs> or like human application. <laughs> um, but I feel like people are very much like in the, yeah, like in the ideology of it or like in the black and whiteness of it. And no one is really listening to each other I don't think on like either end. And I feel like I don't, I'm not really, you know, in touch with a lot of like conservative people or like talking to a lot of them. So I can really only speak to like what my experience is on like the liberal end of things. And it's like extremely divisive. And I feel like Mm -hmm. lately, especially, I think like since COVID, like it created even more divisiveness and more, you know, split energy. And there's just such like the amount of people that I've talked to recently who have, or in the last couple of years who are basically like, if you don't believe what I believe, then we can't be friends or that we can't, like, I want nothing to do with you. Again, all, these are all liberals (laughs) I'm talking to all Democrats and progressive people. Um, I mean, it's just like striking really, because you just think, well, how is that going to help? Anything? <laughs> like, how is that going to help anything to just, you know, break off into these like factions and not, you know, to like, everyone says, like, literally everyone is like, the thing that we have to do is like form community. Like we have to form community. We have to be there for each other. We have to have each other's backs. And yet everything that's happening is like causing people to, to, to break from community and to isolate and to form smaller sort of like tribe tribal um, community, you know, based on ideology mm-hmm. of like, whether that's like, and you know, Democrats versus Republicans or breaking down further or on the Republican side, maybe this is all I know, <laughs> Trump versus non-Trump Republicans. <laughs> vaccine versus non-vaccine, you know, liberals, um, you know, all of that stuff. So I don't know, I guess that's taking a, I don't know, it feels like a little bit of like a sidetrack thing, but it's just something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. And, and also like maybe has to do with just like the consciousness with which we I guess it, it kind of like makes me think of like, it's like the consciousness which, with which we believe that change occurs is part of it too, right? Like, yeah, and where change really comes from and yeah. where well being really comes from because it would be hard to stay very um, insular and constricted around the level of thought that I currently have. Mm-hmm. and create change on mm. a big scale um 
Now, wisdom doesn't have just one answer. So sometimes I think it does make sense for people to stay in their group if they're not going to get anywhere by coming into a larger community. But there would be a lot of value, obviously, if people could put down. And it takes a lot of maturity, I think, to be able to listen to someone who does have points of view that are potentially harmful to someone's life, you know? So it's like, this isn't for everyone to be, you know, not everyone has that level of um, maturity, or maybe it's not even for everyone to do, you know, like, I don't know what everyone's role is to play, but, um, but for those who are interested in that and can do that, it does take a lot of maturity because I know for myself, when I'm listening to someone who's saying something that does impact people's lives and does potentially, you know, have life or death consequences. It's really hard to just listen and try to understand them without wanting to like, you know, help them see how unbelievably dangerous that is. And I just remember my friend, Sammy Rangel, who helped um, white supremacists come out of hate groups. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyone come out of hate groups, but a lot of the people they worked with were white supremacists. And we asked him one time in a program we did, um, you know, how long do you listen for? And he said, days, Mm -hmm. days. I was like, wow. Not that it totally shocked me, but it does, you know, he listens for days before they have any conversation. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that takes a lot of I feel like that's like kind of what we were talking about, about like your identity, like you have to let go of your own con- identity concept in order to do that. I think like you have, like if to listen to someone who, who fundamentally like disagrees with you and, and like has beliefs that you're like fundamentally opposed to, like you, like in order to just let them talk without trying to step in. And you have to know you have the time and who has four days, yeah. you know, who has dates. Yeah, that's true. But you I feel know? like that's partly why I think like building, and I know that this, again, it's like a hard thing to be like, well, uh, everyone relates to things differently. I, I feel like for me, like I, I really like to like get to know people in like a deep way, like over a long period of time. So that doesn't mean like listening for four days to someone straight, but it just means like cultivating relationships over time. But I also know like, that's like an inherent part of like my personality and how I relate to people. And I like could never expect other people, obviously other people do that as well, but like not everyone wants to do that or cares to do that or enjoys doing that or something. Um, so I feel like that that's part of it too, is like kind of what you said of like, everyone has maybe like a different role to play. Cause we all have different, like fundamental, ta- you know, talents and personality quirks and, and skills and, um, like curiosities and stuff. And it's like, not everyone wants to listen to something like they just, Yeah. And maybe their role is to say the thing that needs to be said. That's very cut, you know, cut through. Um, And so I think we need a number of things to happen. Um, But I definitely like there's a group that after the 2016 election, they started going into like rural areas and literally listening to people, I think, who had voted um, 
for Trump, but had been Democrat before. Mm. I'm not exactly sure if that's correct, but it, it's like they listened in those rural communities, pe- definitely people who had voted for Trump for sure. Yeah. Oh, and, and they were wondering why didn't they vote Democrat? That's yeah. what and they had done thousands of conversations and they really learned a lot about why those people don't feel like the Democratic Party is serving them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it isn't until you listen that you really have an understanding. Um, and so that group is doing a really powerful service. And again, that won't be everyone's role, but I'm really grateful they exist. And I'm grateful to learn from them, like what's going on for people, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that is like the only way you can, and I feel like this kind of comes back to what you were saying at the be- the very beginning of like, everyone is different and you would be, you know, talking about like the unwillingness to let go in like a relationship context, for example, like you would really want to listen and like be curious about what is that person, like what actual like kind of constructs are there that are like keeping that person in that mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause there's so many different ways. Like I remember there's this guy, Rupert Spira, who's a non-duality teacher. And I really love the way that he shares with people and especially the way he like coaches when someone's asking mm-hmm. a question. And so someone asked him like, well, what do you do when someone asks you a question? Like, what are you doing internally? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I just imagine that they're lost in a forest. And my job is to know where in the forest they're lost so I can help them get to the edge. Mm -hmm. And that felt so true to me because not everyone's lost at the same point in the forest. Like, yeah, there's different places that we get stuck in the way we see things and to understand how someone's stuck or what it looks like to them is really helpful to be able to support them. Mm -hmm. And that's why listening is so powerful because you hear, you know, you hear something that you wouldn't have heard otherwise and you get information that you could not have otherwise. Yeah. What do you think, like, so initially you kind of said you would be really curious about like bringing coaches together to talk about consciousness and like the role that consciousness plays in the state of the country (laughs) and like the choices that are being made I guess like how do you (laughs) I'm like trying I'm struggling to to find like how to ask the question but like I want to ask like how would you go about doing that or like what is that because I mean as we're like it's sort of I guess I guess part of what feels like frustrating and, and this probably feels really frustrating to like a lot of people is that there's just like these certain people, you know, the Supreme Court is just like nine people who like have their own individual, just like everybody else, consciousness and hangups and concepts about themselves and about the country and what they want and all of these things. And it's like, well, to put so much into their hands you know and I'm using the Supreme Court as just like an example but I think that applies to like the entirety of Congress and the president and like everyone who's like in positions of power essentially um I mean like (laughs) it because it kind of feels like the only way to like move forward would be to like have conversations with those people or 
but or to like abolish the that entire way of doing things you know what I mean because it's like and in some ways it feels easier to just be like no we're not doing the supreme court anymore <laughs> like than to than to try to like I don't know because like what if some I don't know like I just think of things about like power and like winning and it's just like that's such a that's a, that's I feel like such a hard concept to like penetrate and even like the way that I'm talking about it is how do we change their minds rather than how do we find out what they're thinking so I feel like at this point it's kind of like no one really cares what they're thinking <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean like people that are upset are like this isn't working <laughs> yeah they're like well, I don't care what your opinion is we're not going by it you know <laughs> well and that's where I think you know wisdom is amazing but it's also fresh right so there's never one mm -hmm. way that wisdom is going to show us to go so part of how I think about it is like yeah it would be great if wisdom was a criteria of electing someone to the supreme court right um, but it just you know doesn't seem like that's to me how it's playing out um it's like there is a lot of power struggle in how those people are being chosen and even just the fact that someone could get three people appointed within a term and if they have a power agenda in mind, then most likely that's behind who they're electing, you know? So it's like that consciousness gets then moved into some other area, but I don't know, obviously how wisdom will play out because it's always unknown, but I do feel like what's cool about the potential is if coaches, let's say are working with people or groups um, and people were able to see the power of what they have available. Like I know certain companies now I'm not, I have not looked into this, but potentially there's a lot of wisdom in this, like companies saying that they would provide finances or whatever, if a employee needed to get an abortion. And obviously for me, there's certain cases where I think it makes sense for a, well, I think it, a woman should be able to choose what she does with her own body. Um, and so for a company to take a stand like that, because they have the wherewithal to do that and to be able to put that energy out as like a energy that gets put into the world, mm -hmm. it does make a difference. It does have an impact. It does have ripple effects. So, you know, whatever actions people can take that do have love and wisdom and care in them. And I don't really know the word for it yet, but it's like, um, a lack of againstness, like a foreness in it, mm -hmm. you know, um, I do think that's really powerful. And then I've also written an article, which I hope to talk more about because it helps me every time I talk about it. But when I was younger, I wouldn't have called it this, but I just saw that people's true nature changed the status quo, right? So the status quo is just made up of how people have been thinking about things, right? And a lot of times it's unconscious because we don't even know that that's been passed down to us. And then I would just see like, oh, this isn't the only option. Like we don't have to behave this way. So I would just come in and behave differently. And it really would, I would notice it having ripple effects and people's behaviors would change. And so to me, it's like the more people wake up to the fact that the status quo is totally made up and that there are other options on the table that are creative and wise and loving and you know have well-being built in, I do think that would be a game changer for sure. 
And if that's what coaches are up to, then I feel like why not, you know, see if we could have an impact on a larger scale because it feels like it's needed, you know, for humans to be able to together, move forward together. Well, I think like, I think this is what I love about, um, like queerness becoming more, I don't know how to say it, but like, I want to say like widely like accepted and more like mainstream, but, but really what it is, is like queer people standing up as they are. And, and just the more people who are doing that, you know, like the more, the rest of everyone has to bend to that, um, which mm-hmm. I think is like obviously beneficial for everybody. And same with, you know, people of color standing up in their own power and, and like leading, like, you know, like in, in a way, like it kind of reminds me of, it's like people who are still like indoctrinated into like the white supremacy <laughs> I mean, obviously like everyone is to like an, an extent, but obviously some people are like become like freeing themselves from it, you know, more than other, like simply from not fitting in and then being tired of <laughs> like not being able to be themselves. So it's like almost like just the more people who can be themselves who have distance from whiteness and like cisgender straightness, like heterosexuality and, um, and maleness like like anything that's anything that's has distance from those things like anyone who has distance from those things which everyone has distance from from those things like even if they are like a cis straight white male they still have distance from like the concept of that mm-hmm. um being more themselves like is like I feel like that's kind of like what you're talking about of like the more authentic we can be and like the more, the more we can find that um, and like embody that separation. Yeah. And the more we think about each other, you know, like even if I don't like need to think about whether I can have an abortion or not. Right. Doesn't mean I shouldn't be thinking about my fellow humans that may be in a circumstance where they need to think about that and they Mm -hmm. need to make a choice one way or the other, Mm -hmm. or just because I don't, I'm not at the effects of racism doesn't mean that I shouldn't be thinking about people who are like, right. It's like, you know, that it's like such a simple concept to me, but the, the least, you know, like, um, on a team, like you're only as strong as your weakest member or something like that. There's some saying like that. Um, that's like, to me, metaphorical for like, if people are suffering within the country, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to hold space to see if we can minimize, lessen the amount of suffering people have to go through within the country that I live in. Like, I don't think suffering to the degree that people suffer at the hands of all these different things is necessary. And to me, wisdom would be alleviating those things. Like, that's when we would be in a space of wisdom together. Yeah, totally. And I feel like the thing with like someone who is like actually queer, queer or like actually black, like versus, you know, someone who's like white and like straight like us <laughs> um, is that they have like a, like a sense of like what they want and what they like. So I feel like there's also this thing of like following 
and supporting and like uplifting people who like are going towards something that they like want and need instead of to their wisdom exactly instead of thinking well in my context of like what's my experience how like how do I create freedom from that because that's going to be limited because we're not experiencing like the the oppressions that are outside of like the scope of our experience yeah and there is I've always 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 thought this even if I wouldn't have called it this but there's always wisdom in lived experience yeah it's impossible for there not to be wisdom there yeah and so we'd have to listen and center it in order to understand where we need to go and how we need to adjust and um yeah that to me is maybe even more important listening in a lot of ways because there's somehow sometimes the way it looks to me is like there's enough of us who believe very similarly already and already have that kind of consciousness that if all we did was center those voices and listen we would already be acting in more solidarity Mm -hmm. than we currently are and that would be powerful Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know, have you listened to Adrienne Marie Brown or read any of her stuff? I follow her. I haven't read her yet. She does like, I I love what, like so much of what she talks about. Cause she, I feel like she really does like center, like love and like hope and community and, um, and like, like nature, like the natural, like our, like our nature and like the nature of like the earth and, and like looks to those things um, and like looks to joy to like get answers to these questions, which I really love because I feel like part of what is hard and like what feels like it's just like perpetuating the same like wheel turning is like this focusing anger and focusing on like um yeah like this like pushing against like instead of being like where do we want to go and like what do we want to create because I feel like this has to do with you know burning down the (laughs) burning down the government or whatever it's like another version of that is just turning away from it and creating something else like it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be necessarily be like actively destructive or like actively um, like against something because then you're still just focusing on that thing rather than being like, well, we're just going to like do this other thing over here. Mm-hmm. And people are doing the other things over there. I guess that's like, was also sort of my point with like the queer community and like, um, communities of color is like, they are doing things already that are different than people who fit more comfortably into like current existing social structures um who like aren't doing those other things because the structures have like been working for us until now to assert or have been and and still do work for us and like I feel like slowly it's just like more and more people are like oh this actually like isn't working for us but people have already been outside of that for a long time and have been already creating other things yeah they already knew the whole time it wasn't working for right right um yeah I don't know I've gone this is where I don't I think wisdom and love can show up in so many different ways so I do think anger can be a part of that expression yeah I think that's true for sure and then I do love the question though of like where would love and joy take us you know because there's 
a lot of power in knowing if that's what we want to create, what would it look like? How would it Mm -hmm. feel? What would we have to see? You know, what would we have to let go of to your point about letting go? It's like, what would we have to let go of in order for that to be possible? And like I said, I'm not convinced that people don't have different roles. You know, some people I think are there to wake us up and then other people have, you know, the ability to like move us in a direction, you know? So it's like, I think that there's a benefit to all of it. Um, but as humans, it's so hard to see because we're in such a finite look at it versus like being zoomed out and seeing how it plays out over time. Yeah. But it's nice for people to have a voice and to be heard and for that voice to cut through the noise of the status quo. Cause I do think the status quo is very noisy. There's a lot of like rules and there's so much thought that has gone into building the status quo it's very noisy (laughs) and so um you know for these different voices to come in and cut through that noise with the clarity of their own voice um I think is just such an incredible gift that we have the capacity for that you know yeah and I guess like bringing that back down to like the personal I feel like having that love sort of while you were talking about like that like love and hope and joy as like a reference point so I feel like that's you know in just making personal choices to like let things go and to and to move toward you know other things it's like if you do have that reference point of like well this is what I want to experience and then you can say like well is this thing (laughs) that I'm in right now matching that experience or not and usually it's pretty easily a no (laughs) like oftentimes um and you're and it's like really easy to see when you're in that versus when you're like well you know for with relationships for example like well should I do this and maybe if I just do this differently it'll be this way or you know trying to like almost manipulate the thing that you're in or like the relationship that you're in or trying to to fit into it better or ask questions about it or be really like essentially just really focused on that thing rather than being like okay, what I really want to experience is like love and joy and freedom and fun. Is this, <laughs> does is this that? Like, no, it's not usually like, you know, usually, right. If we're having that question, it's usually not. If we're having the question of like, is this aligned? Do you mean? Yeah. Cause if otherwise we would, I don't think I, for me, I feel like I just usually like wouldn't like ask that question unless it like wasn't. So I feel like I've just had a number. I guess I won't even like make a general statement like that, but I'll just say like, in my experience, I've had a lot of times where it's like, I'm really in something. And then all it really takes is like, wait, what do I actually want? And like, does it match? And if it's a no, then it's Mm -hmm. a lot easier to let it go. Cause you can just see the stark contrast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it's interesting. I'm like just reflecting on it for myself. I don't know that it's always that for me, but I do see that in the past, there have been a lot of times where I just didn't even know what I wanted Mm -hmm. and whatever I was in was like the the only default available because I just had no clue that I wanted to experience anything other than that. Well, I think that's like what I'm saying is like, when we are in something and we, we don't know that there's something else, then, then we're so focused on that thing that we're in. And so we just think like, how do I fit into this? Or how do I make this feel more comfortable? Yeah. Yeah. 
or how do I make it work is the way my brain would talk about it. Yeah, totally. But then if you like take a second to kind of be like, well, what do I really want to experience and to really focus on that and like ignore the other thing for a second and then compare them, it's like pretty easy unless you're making your list based on <laughs> that experience. But I feel like, I feel like there is possibility always of just trying to find that like better, like a good feeling. Yeah. And that sometimes that's all you have is a good feeling to go by, you know? Yeah. So like when I don't know something, cause there's oftentimes I have no idea what, what to do or how to approach something, you know? And to really be open to something occurring to me from a good feeling, you know, and that would be, that's interesting. That's probably the best guidance I could ever look for. And it's spontaneous, meaning like, I can't try to manufacture it, which I have tried (laughs) many times. Um, I'm going to become a good feelings manufacturer. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, good feeling. (laughs) Maybe it's this. Yeah you know, and like try to go after it, but, you know, to really be open and surrendered to, to, to see what's going to occur fresh from Mm -hmm. the, I don't know space, which is really uncomfortable. A lot of the times to even think about doing that. A lot. Another thing that Adrian Marie Brown like talks about is like these small connections building into something larger. So like, I think we oftentimes think of, okay, well we have this like entire government structure. So like, how do we change that? (laughs) You know, which is like impossible to think about versus being like, oh, I have like a friend I could call and just to have a conversation with, or, oh, look, there's some, someone to love or like, oh, here's something to learn, you know, like doing these like very, very small actions of like, everyone just does these like small actions that are like immediate to their own experience and they're following their own you know wisdom and impulse and joy like then collectively like that does move which kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier of like if you start acting differently than the status quo then the status quo starts to change and I feel like that's like part of that Yeah. And that was the experiment that I ran was to go into a situation where there's like such a different vision of what's possible Mm. and to go and try to do something, not try, sorry. So the example, I'll just give you the example. I was waitressing and everyone was always so busy and so frustrated and so um, like they call it being in the weeds, Mm -hmm. like you're like sweating by the time the shift is over because you've like run around and like, you couldn't have taken care of your tables fully. Like it's just every man's out for himself. And I remember being like, this does not make sense to me. Why would it be every man out for himself? Like, so one night I just was like, I'll just do things for other people that they can't do for themselves. And, um, that's what I did. I just walked around when I could and like, Oh, this table needs ketchup. This table needs water. Like, and I just did that the whole night only when I could, like, I didn't stretch myself to do it. I just did it when I like had space and I took Mm -hmm. care of my tables too. 
And what was interesting was by the end of the night, everyone was doing that for each other. Like the feeling in the room was different and I never said anything and no one ever talked about it after. It just was like an immediate shift in how people were approaching things. So yeah. I just think it's really powerful and that's such a small example, but yeah, it really was powerful. And it makes me think about what's possible on a bigger level. Yeah. I feel like that's like that kindness. Cause I think like, we're all very like every man out for himself is like a very also like American thing where it's like, we don't take care of each other and we like expect to be like screwed over or we expect to be taken advantage of, or, you know, I don't think people expect to be taken care of. So they don't take care of anyone else either. Yeah. I think that's extremely true and that we have the capacity to look after each other in a way that yeah. we don't even realize. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we like pretty much solved it. Do you? <laughs> Just kidding. That's what I always like to say after conversation. Yeah, totally. It's done, right? All tied pretty up much. with bow. Yeah, just send this to the president and we'll call it a day. Yeah. The next election will be so peaceful. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they're good conversations to have. And I I feel like I also have to like stretch myself to like think, you know, to like differently too. Cause I feel like I, I can like notice myself saying the same things over and over again, or having the same types of conversations over and over again too. And like, so I feel like I'm just like noticing in this moment of like, oh, I, I can make a little bit more room for curiosity. I can make a little bit more room for something that I haven't seen yet about it too. I think that's needed when we let go of what yeah. we've been on to is curiosity to see something fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks okay. Well, me. thank you so much for joining me in this conversation. And, um, I love talking to you obviously always, and I feel like you just have so much like wisdom to share. So I appreciate yeah. you. I love talking to you too. Thank you.